0: which is a, probably the most famous of the verses. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, in all thy ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thine able and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for all that you've done. We thank you for the midweek service you've given us. We pray now that you would bless this message, Lord, to the hearts of the hearers, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So thus far, guys, we've looked at uh, verses one through four under the idea uh, that, that we should treasure the word of God. And, uh, and, and, and that we, we are to believe with all of our heart the truth. And we've seen that in the verse four, four verses of our text today uh, in those two points, the treasure and the truth. And without these two principles, uh, we're unable to live our life direct, directed fully by the precepts of God's word, enabling us to have a life filled with contentment. So we must understand that we treasure the word of God. We must hold it in our heart as it is truth. And today I want to look at two verses uh, and again, I dare, I dare not say they are, they are more important than any of the others. However, uh, where the root of a fruitful life of contentment is based upon the word of God being treasured and the truth to us today, the product of such, such fundamental belief is going to be found in the midst of point number three, our trust. And it's our trust of God himself. So again, we go back to verses five and six. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understandings. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. This is all thy ways. It doesn't say uh, your church ways. It doesn't say uh, just your family ways. or Everything we do, our finances, our family, our friends, our our foes, all of those things are linked together in our trust in the Lord himself. Trust, guys, is defined as reliance on the integrity, strength, ability, surety, etc., of a person or a thing. Essentially, it means confidence. How much confidence do you have in this Holy Scripture? If you read in the Holy Scripture that it says this is what you have to believe in order to receive X, Y, Z, do you have full faith without a shadow of a doubt that if you hold to it, that's going to come true? Well, my goodness, if you look down at the next couple of verses, it says, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. I can guarantee you right now, financially speaking, giving speaking, people aren't trusting the Lord in the manner that that verse right there tells them, all right? We know the numbers, okay, guys? And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, God ain't interested in being tipped. Our tithe and our offerings are important to him. So, you know, before we get into the meat of the message, guys, let's be honest. Do we trust the word of God faithfully and fully, the way it says, fully to 100%? There's an old... Uh, old story about uh, Uncle Oscar. Un- Uncle Oscar was apprehensive about his first airplane ride, and his friends were eager to hear how he how it went, and he asked uh, if he enjoyed the flight, and he says, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be, but I'll tell you this, I never did put all my weight down. Now, you think about that for just a second. It's comical. Yeah, I didn't put all my weight down. He sat in the chair, maybe lifted his feet off the floor, and that changed absolutely nothing about the plane ride, but what it did show He had a lack of faith in that plane and the pilot and everything that was going on in our life. And so, guys, trust is a peculiar thing. It really is, guys, and especially in the world that we live in today. I mean, in all fairness, trust is a commodity seldom kept in many lives today, seldom kept. We tend to live in a world where everyone has a a distrust of everything, and in all fairness, guys, rightly so. I trust very few people with their word. I mean, guys, we have a multi-billion pound industry, which is based upon an ancient Athenian addiction, and it's just wanting to hear something new. Not whether it's correct or not, but new. The Bible tells us, uh, uh, the Bible tells us in in Acts chapter chapter 17, um, it tells us for... For all the Athenians and strangers which were, were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. Now, that's not the verse that's up there. We'll get to that verse in just a moment. and. Uh and actually so that that verse is the next one there we go so here you got it on the screen guys the athenians were people who lived to hear and to tell something new and that is the news industry that we have today that is the news industry that we're living with that's the news industry that we see uh they just want to get something new out for people to bite on to chew on to talk about to spread the gospel about or spread gossip about and um and then all of a sudden they move to the next thing. They don't care whether it's correct or not. They just want the news bite today. And that leads it leads to people not trusting not just the news but most information that goes out there today. I mean there's direct links of breakdowns of trust in our society today that's linked to some things even even fictional characters guys. I mean Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, all of these th- all these things typically, sometimes, will cause a natural uh, questioning God and the truth. Young people today, and, and even adults alike, they link Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy, tooth fairy to Jesus Christ, and, they, and they, they look at all of those right there just being fictional characters that were created uh, for childhood to give people comfort and all this and that, and, and, and it's very sad that we live in a world today uh, that, that revolves around distrust, there was one research team that, that's, uh, that, that was finding the breakdown of trust in our society. They found it directly linked to the failure of key institutions to provide answers or leadership in response of world events. And, and when you begin to look at that, these key institutions that they're talking about, uh, again, they're not only looking at political organizations, but they're looking at Christian organizations and institutions. Now, I'm going to go ahead and call it what it is, pseudo-Christian, all right? Church of England is not Christian. All right, Catholicism is not Christian. All right, it just—it's not. You don't go through your the rituals that they do and believe the lies that they teach. Mormonism is not Christian. These are big, huge organizations with loads of financial resources. Okay, and people look to them in tragic times and in world events and world views, and they don't find the answers that they need. They look to the government, our political organizations. They don't find the answers, and what that does, it causes. A breakdown of trust in society. So trust, guys, and too often the lack of it is one of the central issues of our time. Without trust, institutions don't work. Without trust, societies falter. People lose faith in their leadership. There's, a, there's a, 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 an organization called the Edelman Trust. It's called the Edelman Trust Barometer, actually. And it's been tracking trust in institutions for, for over 20 years now. And the warning signs are plain to see when they're breaking it down. And, and ever since the Great Recession, they say half of the countries surveyed had fallen into a level of what's known as the distruster category. Uh, and that's, that's a rating of overall uh, level of trust based on 1 to 100 in numbers. They say that, that Great Britain scores a 46, the U.S. a 52, Australia a 50, and Mexico a 59. That's what society, as in general, has a a natural trust in institutions and organizations. Not just one particular outfit, but how a, a society feels and how a society trusts in general is what that barometer is based upon. So the level of distrust growing in our communities leads to a divide within the Christian realm, believe it or not. When people lose trust in institutions and in leaders, those institutions, guys, they transfer that trust into all leadership positions. Think about it like this. One priest out here in, this, in the pagan Catholic institution is a pedophile, which we know that the uh, thousands of them are, and, and the Catholic institution does nothing but hide them and cover them up and move them from location to location, no different than them uh, financing the, uh, the, 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 the travel and the removal out of Germany and Poland of the Nazis after World War II and moving them down to Argentina. You're gonna you're gonna have a trust in that organization for salvation who sided with Nazis, Nazi Germany. Are you crazy? So I'm saying that to say this, uh, you know, you take one pedophile priest or ten of them. You know what happens, guys? We're no, we we are no kin to Catholics, all right? No kin to Catholics than a dog is a cat. But this society today loses trust in what this so-called religious leader is, and they take a blanket brush. And they paint every single one that names the name of Christ. And that's the sad state of the fear. That's a sad part of the ordeal in the world that we live. People distrust the person or the position because of what some, some, something has happened. In the case of Christianity, what ends up happening is ultimately, it may be our position they distrust, but it's God. Their, their distrust is being cast upon, and it's unfair. So we must trust God, God, guys, all we have, all we will be. We must learn to trust God, number one, with our time, with our time. All that we have is his. Every second, every minute, every hour of the day are laid at the the heavenly throne of God Almighty. Vance Habner told a story about an elderly lady who was uh, greatly disturbed by many of her troubles, both real and imaginary. So uh, finally, someone in her family tactfully told her, Grandma, We've done all that we can for you. You'll just have to trust God for the rest. And, look at, and a look of absolute despair spread over her face as she replied, Oh, dear, has it come to that? her commented and said, It always comes to that. So we might as well begin with that. You know, and that's what think about it. Most people today, many people today will begin to, you know, they'll try to do everything they can do, and then they'll come over here and say, Well, I'm just going to trust God now. That's not how the idea of soul authority works. If the Bible is your soul authority, you begin by trusting it. You don't do everything that you can muscle up and fail and, and fall and trip on your face and then come back and go, well, now I'm going to trust it. That's the difference between soul authority and final authority. All right. I know we like the phrase final authority. My Bible is not my final authority. It's my soul authority. And that's where we need to be. That's where you need to be. I don't come to it last. I come to it first. Everyone in this room today and everyone in this, this village this morning, are given 86,500 seconds a day. That's what you have, 1,440 hours, all right? Uh, I mean, uh, 1,440 minutes. That's what you're given every single day. Every single one of us have the same amount of time in the day. You cannot make time for something, but you certainly can take time for it. And people speak about not having enough time in the day, and and I'm going to go ahead and say this, guys, and I understand it, and that's coming off someone who runs a busy schedule, uh, typically a full schedule every single day, uh, but it's a cop-out. Because you do have that. You've got the same time I have. you got the same time as your neighbor has, same time as your wife has. You've got the same time everybody else has in this world today. If you're trusting the Lord with your time, which in reality is his time, let's be honest, the time he's given you as a gift, then we must trust it with him and use it appropriately. Use it appropriately. The psalmist said, so teach us to number our days that we may apply in our hearts unto wisdom. It is a wise thing to learn how to trust the Lord with your time and how you are to appropriately use, uh, use it, use the hours, use the minutes, use the seconds that he allows us to have. It's, it is a wise thing to do, do that. If you waste time, that is an unwise thing. But if you take the time God has given you and apply it appropriately in your life, that is wisdom. There's a recent study shows that uh, that 18 years of a, of your adult life are likely to be spent sitting down. 18 years. The average person leads a very sedentary lifestyle, spending 51 hours and 41 minutes seated during a typical week. That's more than seven hours a day. 51 hours and 44 minutes sat down. And I wonder, well, what are we doing? Well, looked up, YouTube users view a whopping 1 billion hours of video. Guess how And in what period of time? A day. A day. It accounts for 5 billion YouTube videos being watched every single day. January 2022, it was estimated that each visitor spends 19, 19 and a half, 19 minutes, 35 seconds on the site every single day. Instagram, which Facebook owns, remains one of the biggest social media networks. It has uh, 1.47 billion monthly active users who upload 95 million photos daily. There are 400 million stories posted each day. And on average, people spend 29 minutes on the platform, on average. Globally, people people average 6 hours and 58 minutes of screen time per day. Seven hours of screen time to some sort per day. Daily screen time has increased by nearly 50 minutes per day since 2013. Now, this data is from America, the last part, but the average American spends seven hours and four minutes looking at a screen each day. So globally, it's nearly seven hours, and Americans are spending more time, just a little bit more. Now, guys, I understand some of this is, you know, for work. I I work on a computer, and so does many of us. I understand that. But the reality is, as much of the time that we claim we do not have enough to do is spent wasted away on some sort of screen bottom line. Now guys, I, I ask you this. How much time are you invested in your village? How much time are you investing in your town? How much time are you invested in your city? How much time are you interjecting into the lives of those around you, your neighbors, your coworkers? I'm not talking about just maybe your church members or just maybe here with fellowship uh, here within the church, but when's the last time that you went over and you talked to a neighbor? When's the last time you invited someone in your village that you got to know them? that you made a friend somewhere outside the four walls of the church and your home, and you interjected your lives into them. Where do you spend most of your time, most of your life? Are those who have invested in you getting their money worth, getting their time worth? I think about this all the time because I look back. I look back at the men and women who invested in my life. Over the years, I'm 51 years old now, and, and I look back at these coaches, my teachers, uh, my parents, uh, my you know other family members, and this and that. And I'm an only child, and you guys know that. And, uh, and, and but I mean, the people that invest, that took the time to sit down with me, and and to, and to, to teach me, to talk, to pray over me, my pastor, Pastor Ellis, who is in uh, who's in the in, in glory today. I wonder, are they reaping the dividends of their investment in my life? And I ask you the same thing. Are the people that's invested in your lives, are they reaping dividends? The same thing with my supporters and my my family. I think about that. Is my family reaping dividends of the investment they've put in my life? Are Are our church supporters out there, are they reaping the dividends? Are they getting their money's worth of me on the mission field? And if you're not asking yourself that question here, guys, you're turning a blind eye to what you need and trusting God with your time. Are there friends in our immediate area that you're investing your life in? Are there people that you seek out to have time with to better invest the gift of time in their life? It's so easy to get on cruise control. Church home, church home, gym home, grocery store home, bank home. Just get on cruise control. And don't stop and exercise the law of kindness in someone's life. Get to know them, meet them. Go to coffee with them. Have time together. I'm I'm just going to say it. If you're not doing something of that sort, if you're not interjecting yourself into the community, you're failing in trusting God with the time that he has given you. And it must be answered, guys. That is is one of the first steps in trusting God himself and having a life a fruitful life of contentment. I'm going to stop there this morning. We only have uh, one or two, one more point, but I think this is where the Lord would have us to stop, and there's quite a bit left on the rest of this sermon, guys. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you, Lord, for who and what you are. Dear God, we ask you to help us, Lord. We pray that we would we would learn to number our days, that we will utilize the time that you have gifted us, Lord, in a manner that brings honor to you, Father, that would reap dividends for those who have have invested in our life, dear God, not just financially, but, but their own time, where they've taken the time out of their life and their days. They've invested in us, dear God, let us do what needs to be done, that they reap those benefits, that they reap those blessings. Let us be ever so mindful of that every single day, not just busy work, lord to seek out opportunities to be a blessing to other people to minister to those that are around us trusting that you will not only orchestrate the opportunities and meetings but you administer unto us as well lord we love you we thank you we ask you to bless the rest of this day in jesus christ's name amen amen well, i hope and pray that preaching teaching the word of